It has stood the test of time. God's book, the Bible, still relevant in today's complex world. It is written, sharing messages of hope around the world. Annie Shapiro was 50 years old in 1963. She was watching coverage of the John F. Kennedy assassination on her black and white TV, and while watching, had a massive stroke and fell into a deep coma. Her husband, Martin Shapiro, dedicated to his wedding vows, spent the next 30 years bathing, changing, and dressing his wife. He would comb her hair and brush her teeth. He would give her eye drops every few hours to keep her eyes from drying out. He would sleep next to her at night. He prayed for a miracle recovery. He went to great lengths to find some type of medical solution. During her coma, like an active human being, her body began to break down. She had to have cataract surgery. She had to have a hip replacement and even a hysterectomy. Mrs. Shapiro was successful before this tragedy beset her. She was planning on opening businesses in Hamilton, Ontario. Now, she just laid there, a shell of her former self. During her coma, the world went on the war ended, the moon landing happened, technology advanced. But on October 14th, 1992, a miracle of all miracles happened. Annie Shapiro wakened from her comatose state. Martin Shapiro shares the story that on the day while he lay next to her, she suddenly sat up and said, turn on the television. I want to watch I Love Lucy. Her whole world had changed. She had aged 30 years. Her husband, now 81, looked like an old man. Her son, who was 18 at the time of her stroke, was now 48 and had two children. Phones were now cordless. The world around her had changed. Martin said, the day she awoke, it was like a dead person come to life. When asked by the media why he didn't put his wife in a nursing home, he answered quite simply, when I married, I pledged to be with Annie in sickness and in health, and I stuck to my vow. I believe each one of us is going to an experience an awakening that is even more amazing than the one Annie Shapiro went through. We are going to find ourselves suddenly thrust into a whole new world which none of us can begin to imagine. The Bible announces in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 to 17. For the Lord will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. 
the second coming of Christ will be the most spectacular event to ever occur on this planet. The Bible tells us that this even will not be missed by any living person. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 7 tells us these words. Behold, he is coming with clouds and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. All of the death, all of the murders, all of the sin-filled darkness of this planet will end in dramatic fashion. And a newness will exist that we have never experienced before. The coming of Jesus Christ will be the climactic close to a chapter in this earth's history. Those who have died and are sleeping in Jesus will awaken from their grave and it will be as if time had stood still. Like Annie Shapiro, they will not know that a day or an hour has gone by. They will now be living. But unlike Annie, they won't have broken down bodies. They will have new bodies, completely healthy, optimal in operation. Sadly, for some people, the awakening from the grave won't be good news. In fact, the arrival of God's kingdom will not be good news at all for some, but actually truly tragic news. The Bible teaches that there are actually two awakenings from the grave. Those two awakenings lead to very different outcomes and are two completely different events. Jesus had these words to describe those different events. In John, the fifth chapter, verses 28 to 29. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life. Those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. Please notice very carefully, every human being throughout history will be resurrected from their sleep of death at one of two resurrections. Jesus' words are quite clear. All who are in the graves shall hear his voice. He goes on to describe the two resurrections. First, the resurrection of life. Second, the resurrection of condemnation. Friends, we don't want any part of the resurrection of condemnation. Revelation 20 and verse 6 is a promise that we want to be fulfilled in each of our lives. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. The first resurrection is quite clearly the resurrection of life. And the second one follows it, which is the resurrection of condemnation. But God's specifying that those raised in the first resurrection are blessed and holy. We know that these are the faithful throughout the generations. But we also learn that the remainder of the dead are those who were unfaithful. And they're raised at some later time sometime later than the first resurrection. So here's the key question. As we have continually asked the question, is heaven for real? What happens to those who are a part of the first resurrection?
Revelation chapter 20 and verse 6 promises that those awakened in the first resurrection over such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. The first resurrection called the resurrection of life is the moment that the dead in Christ are transformed from corruptible to incorruptible bodies and they are caught up to meet Jesus in the sky. Now, where do they go from there? Well, they travel with Jesus to heaven. However, they are not the only ones who will go on that journey, but those faithful followers who are alive at the coming of Jesus also will join in this parade to heaven. This is the moment all of us have been waiting for. It is that moment described in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and the 51st verse. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. That is the day that will fulfill Paul's words of 2 Timothy chapter 4 and in verse 8. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Friends, our mortal, sick, broken down bodies that age and die will be made perfect, never to age and never to die. We will be with Jesus and he will have changed us. And then all of us will rise with him toward heaven. All of us will be gathered together with those who had been raised from the dead and all of us will travel to heaven. We will leave behind an earth that has been decimated by the upheaval of the natural world and the coming of Jesus. The wicked who were dead, well, they stay dead. And we'll talk about this more in next week's program. The wicked who are alive, those people who have rejected the love of God and all of his attempts to woo them to him, well, they die and they remain on this planet. Revelation chapter 6, verses 15 to 17, speaks of their demise. And the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb for the great day of his wrath is come and who is able to stand? They could stand if they loved Jesus. But instead, they rejected his pleas of mercy and forgiveness. They rejected his outstretched arms, and they chose not to be rescued by the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The love of God, friends, is like the sun. If you would take two bowls, and in one bowl you put butter, 
and in the other bowl you put clay, and then you put it out in the sun, what would happen? You see, the butter would be melted, but the clay would be hardened. These are the two reactions to the love of God. Paul put it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. It is the same message, but two very different reactions. The message of Jesus and his death, his death to save us, is foolishness and myth to some and doesn't awake any change in their lives. However, to others, the good news is the power of God that changes a life forever. Friend, I want that good news to be the power of God in my life. Don't you? So at the coming of Jesus, those who have experienced the power of God in their lives, those who have had a transformational relationship with Jesus are taken from this sin-stricken planet. Those who are alive and have seen the message of Jesus as foolishness and rejected the message of the cross will be slain by the brightness of his coming. Those wicked that are dead simply remain dead in their graves. But the followers of Christ are caught up with Jesus to go to heaven. What happens to this earth? Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 and 2 tell us quite clearly what happens to this earth. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand, he laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. In Christianity, this thousand-year period is often referred to as the millennium. Now, while this word never occurs in the Bible, it is simply a Latin conjunction. Milo, or milo, which means a thousand, and annum, which means years. It is simply a descriptive word for this period of time. So what happens during this thousand years? Satan and his angels are bound in the bottomless pit. What is the bottomless pit? In looking at the original Greek, the phrase bottomless pit in the Greek is the word abusis. From it, we get our English word abyss. It is the same word used in Genesis 1 verse 2 that describes the earth as being without form and void. The earth is in a completely devastated state. The earth has gone through so much turmoil in the second coming of Jesus that it is existing in an almost, shall we say, decreated state. Satan is then chained to the earth through the chains of circumstance. Jeremiah also describes the earth in this abusus state. In Jeremiah chapter 4 and verses 23 to 27, Jeremiah chapter 4 verses 23 to 27, I beheld the earth and indeed it was without form and void and the heavens 
they had no light. I beheld the mountains and they indeed trembled and all the hills moved back and forth. I beheld and indeed there was no man and all the birds of the heaven had fled. I beheld and indeed the fruitful land was a wilderness and all its cities were broken down at the presence of the Lord by his fierce anger. For thus says the Lord, the whole land shall be desolate, yet I will not make a full end. And later in Jeremiah 25 and verse 33, and at that day, the slain of the Lord shall be from one end of the earth, even to the other end of the earth. They shall not be lamented or gathered or buried. They shall become refuse on the ground. Satan is chained by the chains of circumstances. He is banished to this earth in its decreated state and no one is alive except he and his angels. No one more to tempt, no one more to be led into sin. He's by himself and his angels are there to contemplate their life of complete rebellion against God. This earth is the bottomless pit. It will be like a bottomless pit for Satan in the utter destruction of this planet. One timeless principle is echoed over and over through that thousand years. The wages of sin is death. And looking on, the entire universe will bear witness to the terrible truth of those words. Satan will be confronted with the horrible results of his rebellion and he will have a thousand years to contemplate it. But let's focus on more positive aspect of those thousand years. What joyous things will the righteous be doing with Jesus? Remember that verse 6 of Revelation 20 said that we will be priests of God reigning with him for a thousand years. Friends, it is almost unimaginable how amazing it will be to be with Jesus for 1,000 years. It will be absolutely wonderful. But there are liable to be some questions in heaven. You know, I once heard it said that we will be surprised by three things in heaven. Number one, we'll be surprised by the fact that we are there. Number two, we'll be surprised by who isn't there. And number three, we will be surprised by who is there. You might have some questions in heaven. Why isn't uncle so-and-so here? Where is the pastor? They were such good people. Or maybe you wonder how that person and what they did, how could they possibly be there? They had been so unkind and mean to you. The good news about the good news of Jesus Christ is that he will answer every last one of those questions. We will actually have the opportunity to review God's decision in the judgment. Yes, you heard me right. The almighty creator of the universe is going to allow you and me to review his work. Revelation chapter 20 and verse, tell, and verse 4 tells us of this time. And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. And Paul stated it this way. 
in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 2 and 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 2 and 3. Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world will be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Do you not know that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? Friends, isn't God just amazing? The opportunity to actually evaluate his decisions. We will look over the cases of the saved and the lost. Paul wrote these words in 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 5. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the heart, then each one's praises will come from God. Every hidden and secret thing will be brought to light. You can't hide anything from God. It will be revealed in those days why God couldn't save some people. Their choices. We will see the choices that individuals made to reject the sweet love of God. We will see every way he tried to reach out. We will see every opportunity he put before them. We will see to what great extent he went with every individual in history. At the end of it all, we will only have one conclusion. Revelation 16, 7 states, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. Each of us will be able to understand fully why we experienced what we did in life. We will see the entire roadmap that God took us on and we will see that his plan was perfect. At the end of the thousand years, we will experience even more joy. Now, the Bible does describe Satan being released from his prison and that second resurrection of the wicked and their eventual destruction in the lake of fire. But we will cover that in detail next week. But with Satan and his angels, along with the wicked destroyed in the lake of fire, what does God do next? God is going to restore the earth to his perfect Edenic beauty that it was originally created with. Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 and 2 describe this marvelous event. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. This is a description of our return trip from heaven. We are in the New Jerusalem, in that mansion, that place that Jesus said he was going to prepare for us. And now he's bringing us back to the earth where he will make it new again. The chapter goes on to say these words. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, 
The tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. God will reclaim this planet as his own and restore it to its perfect beauty. He is making our home and our home will be with him of the vast universe. God chooses to make his dwelling with the only rebellious planet that there has ever been. Oh, what a privilege. What a joy to be able to live with God forever. My friends, unlike poor Annie Shapiro, when God wakes us up, he will awaken us to new bodies, completely perfect bodies, never to grow old, never to experience pain, never to die. No more handicaps, no more missing limbs, no blindness, perfect health, perfect harmony. The good news, friends, is that Jesus desires to save you, that his power would change you, the experience of heaven will be something you'll never want to miss. It comes down to a decision, one very simple decision. Will you yield your life to the one who gave his life on Mount Calvary? Is heaven for real? It is very real. And it will be the grandest time that anyone can ever experience. It comes down to a decision to believe, a decision to have faith, a decision to listen to Jesus who died for me and died for you. Will you believe? Will you place your trust in Jesus? Will you believe in that hill called Mount Calvary? Oh, Heavenly Father, we believe that your son Jesus came and died for us. We believe in that hill called Mount Calvary. And we believe that just as he died, he's coming again to take us home. May the power of your son be in us and change us and transform us and make us ready for that day when he comes again. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The subject of the millennium and the subject of heaven, the subject of the second coming of Jesus is such a thrilling topic to study. After today's program, I'm sure you need more resources to help build that relationship you have with Jesus. We'd like to offer to you today the Discover Bible Guides. The Discover Bible Lessons are a refreshing look at the Bible and help deepen our relationship with Jesus. Here's the information you need to receive today's offer. To request today's offer, just log on to www.itiswrittencanada.ca. For Canadian viewers, the offer will be sent free and postage paid. For viewers outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you prefer, you may call toll-free at 1-888-CALL-IIW. Or if you wish, you may write to us at It Is Written, Box 2010, Oshawa, Ontario, L1H 7V4. Jesus is coming again soon. He's coming to take us home. 
He's coming to take us to heaven that we might spend a thousand years with him and then come to this earth which he will recreate and live forever in perfect harmony. I hope you enjoyed today's program. I invite you to watch again next week. Until then, remember, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God.